Testing, testing, one, two, three. Let's turn the fans down. And here we are, we're live. It's me, um, Darren Griffiths, it's Griff's Brain Dump. Um, I've said that wrong. I've done this intro many times, but I've messed it up this time. Welcome to Griff's Brain Dump, it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Are you well? Uh, it is Monday, the 11th of December. 11th day of Advent, have you bust open 11 chocolates? Are you a fat pig and you've eaten all your chocolates already? Do you have an Advent calendar for each day? Is that you? Is that you? I see you, no judgment, I'm judging you. Look at yourself. Have a look at yourself. You've got children. How are you meant to be showing them? How's that leading by example? What's going on? Anyway, what's been going on in your lives? What's going on in my life? I... I've been gigging, I was in Wanstead, and I've been in Biggles Way. Shout out to you guys, um, if you do choose to listen into the podcast after watching me at those shows. And look, every week we're going to be plugging the show. Everyone who listens, if you haven't got your tickets for my show, get them. I don't want to hear that, oh, I'm not sure what we're doing then. Oh, it's a busy time of the year, in February. I don't care. Make time. This is a fantastic show. Yeah, Don't think because you've seen me do five or 10 minutes or 15 or even 20 minutes somewhere, you know what this show's about. You don't, all right? There's a few of you who came to see work in progress shows. I'll let you off. You don't need to come. And uh, that's the only people who've been to work in progress show from July onwards. Anyone who went to work in progress show before that, get your tickets. It's a different show. It's a different show. Even if you went to the July one, it's just a much more polished show. Much more polished show. So I just I just want you to be there, lads and ladies. Okay. Um, so yeah. So we be there. Like I said, it's the 29th of February. Um, at Pleasance Theatre, London. Giving you a code, guys. Cheap seat. That is cheap seat that will get you some money off the tickets are already cheap anyway i think they're 12 pound or 12 pound 50 using my promo code you can get them for 10 pounds 10 pounds with that 2 pound 50 you can buy yourself half a glass of coke somewhere in london because that's how expensive it is but that's what i've been doing anyway um i've been wanted and then I was at Bigglesweight. Bigglesweight, I was with Nick Coppin, who I've never um, I'd never heard of before, but he's a circuit comic. And this is what I was talking about, these circuit comics who you just haven't heard of, but they just doing their thing. He's been going for, like, I think, 20 years. And you can see he's just, yeah, he's just doing his thing. A person's uh, headlining, Henning Venn. Someone I used to watch on TV. Henning Venn, and um, I'm, I'm now on a, I was on a bill with him. and. You know, it's just, it's always crazy. It's always crazy when those moments happen. And yeah, he just showed why he's at that level. Um, just just hilarious, man. Just hilarious. It's funny rocking up to his gig in Biggles Wade because, you know, when you go to something like Biggles Wade, you do these regional gigs, you get booked. You're like, nah, I know what this is going to be 50 people. 50 people in a little little hall, maybe. We'll play around a little bit, you know. We'll chuck around some ideas. We'll have a little bit of fun. And I go in there and there's like 310 people in the room. I was like, BOMBA! <laughs> I was like, oh, right, ooh, right, I've got to actually be funny, funny. This many people in the room. Um, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing. I was ill yesterday. 
I think I might have COVID, but I'm not tested because no one cares about COVID anymore. But I was cold in my bones and aching and I couldn't move. And I was, I was so cold. I was asking everyone in the house, I was like, no, are you cold? She's like, no. I was like, Zadie, are you cold? She's like, no. I was like, Zavi, are you cold? Like someone else, please tell me they're cold. Why am I the only one who's cold in this house? He's walking around with no socks on. He's fine. I'm touching his skin. He's burning hot. He's fine. Sadie's hot. She's fine. Everyone else is warm except for me. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Uh, and I was just in pain. Absolute pain. Agony. Filling out forms. Passing out, filling out forms. Because, you know, trying to sort out Zadin Zavi's new nursery. Then uh, I had to go downstairs, finish the washing up. And I felt dreadful. And I thought, Let, I'm banging some paracetamol. I've been, I don't know why I avoid these drugs. I have no, like, objection to taking, like, medication. But it's like I forget you can do that. I was like, let me take some paracetamol. And I tell you, I'm telling you the difference that made. I could not believe it. I, because I, I was in, uh, I was in, like, a full tracksuit and dressing gown. And I was still cold. I took this paracetamol, drank a honey and lemon and ginger tea and ate, ate a chocolate spread on toast. <laughs> and I, I'm no joke, within 15, 20 minutes, I just started burning up. Why is I burning up? Because my body re-regulated. It's like, bro, you are wearing a tracksuit and a fleecy dressing gown. <laughs> you are hot. And I was like, yeah, I am hot. Golly, that was fine. Finished washing up, put on the Christmas tree. Wonderful. And the Christmas tree's up. And I just I was waiting to hear that the kids had torn the Christmas tree down, but apparently they have behaved really well around the Christmas tree, which is lovely. So that's always reassuring. Now, what's it going on in the week? Uh, who who what company we're gonna be cancelled? Zara. Let's start with Zara, my nemesis. Zara, you mother, you mother hubbards, with your rubbish return procedures. Zara have been accused of uh, insensitivity towards Gaza with a recent um, advertising campaign, which has a lot of imagery that people are saying this is just like the genocide that's happening in Gaza. You guys aren't taking this seriously. You're taking the mick. This is disgusting. You need to answer for this. And I'm looking at it, and I'm kind of like, ah, I can see it. I can see it, but I always like to hear what the corporation says. Whether they're going to just lean into it, double down, or about, oh, we made a mistake. I haven't heard anything from Zara yet. But someone released, not released, but someone uh, showed um, an article quoting one of Zara's execs, who, I, uh, who basically, very pro-Israeli. Not even pro-Israeli, anti-Gazan, it seems. And I was like, well, well, ooh. Now, the call is, do I boycott Zara? This is one of the first shops I've been asked to boycott where I actually shop. See, when you ask me to boycott Balenciaga, Tommy Hilfiger, Gucci, all these places, I'm like, easy. I don't shop for these places. 
Never stopped at Balenciaga. Balenciaga is the biggest social experiment ever. Is can we part fools with their money? Let's make the worst looking bit of clothing and let's see if these knobheads will buy it. And lo and behold, buy it. And they're like, oh my goodness. Oh, let's make it uglier. Let's go for that unplug from the matrix homeless chic. Let's go for that again. So it's easy to boycott those places, right? But uh, but Zara, I actually shopped there, like H&M. I was going to boycott H&M because little black boy in the monkey jumper. Only for his mum to come out and be like, we don't care. It's like, ah, oh, ah, 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 but I wanted to be offended. On your behalf! <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to be like, fine, I'm shoved at H&M again. Mumsy doesn't care. Why should I? But with Zara, um, I explain those things that in the imagery, there's like um, rubble, there's mannequins wrapped up in like white bags, which is similar to how uh, victims in Gaza have had to be carried away on like stretchers and stuff. Uh, even in the rubble, someone said some of the rubble looks like an outline of the um, of the I guess, Israeli slash Palestinian map. So it's uh, it's peak. <coughs> it's very peak. And um, yeah, man, do you boycott? Do you boycott? Here's the thing. I didn't boycott H and I doubt I'm going to boycott Zara. Um, not because I stand by those messages. It's just... I mean, I, I mean, I'll shop there still. How about this? I just won't pay for any items. I'll scam every item off their shelf. That's my protest. How about that? But um, I was just mentioning about... Um, that homeless sheik that Balenciaga do. Talking about homeless. Have you seen the video? The security guards outside McDonald's pouring water on a homeless guy's sleeping bag so he has to move. What prickish behaviour. Like next level dickhead behaviour that is. Like, I don't know, what, what level of scumbag knobhead do you have to be to do that to, to a homeless person obviously McDonald's released a statement to say one that's third party security not us we're disgusted and uh, you know we spoke to our staff make sure they treat everyone with respect but that's not our staff and I was joking with my boys about this uh, security those kind of roles right Africans and Eastern Europeans boy you take your jobs too seriously yeah, I'm telling you now, they take they take their they do their jobs like it's their dad's company. Africans and Eastern Europeans. May that be a British guy, yeah, homeless guy slept outside McDonald's. He was like, give a shit. And he's like, no, it's actually your job, Keith, to remove the homeless guy. He's like, Whoa. all right, I have a word with him. Oh, all right, mate, you um, you fancy moving on? Nah. All right then. <laughs> I try to have a word with him. That was it. 
may that be an African or Eastern European, there's going to be assault charges pressed against them. <laughs> Just take their jobs too seriously, man. Like, there'll be problems with shares and dividends. It's not happening. But I'll tell you, so seriously. Like, you go to... Like, this is the difference, right? Like, you go into a supermarket. And my man is robbing the shop. Swearing at staff behind the counter. Pussies! So shout, just sweeping things off the shelf, smashing stuff up. Who keeps me stealing? Not a bed. Just being an absolute asbo. English security guard? There's like, well, he was a bit irate. <laughs> and then make that be an African or Eastern European. Bruv, you're not even getting in the shop. You come into the shop, right? And the beeper goes off. And you come in. You're getting a cavity search. Like, bruv, I'm coming into the shop. They're like, open your ass. <laughs> You're getting a cavity search right there. They take their job just really seriously. Conscientious groups. But yeah. But to pour water on sleeping bag. I don't think I can even put that on Africans or Eastern Europeans. That is just so bad, man. Um, I th- I, I'm hoping the security guard's been sacked. I'm hoping he's been sacked. I don't like people lose their jobs, but doing stuff like that, it's just... It's a level of arseholery that is... It's horrendous. Absolutely disgusting, man. It's just sad. And why'd you do that to someone? I think I've told you guys about the homeless politics I've witnessed before, right? <laughs> Let me tell you two homeless stories. Uh, if I said them on the pod before, so what? Um, both have revolved around prep. First one was um, outside. I was in prep, saw a homeless guy begging. Uh, he's just changing. He finally got enough change to come into prep and order his drink, right? And he's happy about that. He's left his sleeping bag and his possessions outside, you know? And um, he goes into prep. And I, as I'm sat there, I'm sat there looking out the window, looking at his sleeping bag and stuff. I'm just looking at the window. I see. This other homeless guy come along and take my man's sleeping bag. Now, for me, every part of me thought, that's, that's so horrendous. There's a little part of me thought, maybe I should have said something to stop the guy. But at the end of the day, I've got the privilege to be like, don't steal that man's warmth. Get your own! Because <laughs> I've got my own wolf to go home to. I need to steal another man's wolf. I don't know how long Doddy's been outside freezing his nuts off and finally gets a sleeping bag. He's like, I'm having that. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, yeah, do what? It's the rules of the streets. Um, it's none of my business. And then I saw my man come back out of prep. And just the despair. And like, he must have felt in that moment. Fucking hell, like, is it a hot drink or or warmth? You mean hot drink or covering? I, I can't have both. 
I don't have a lot. I can't have those two things. You know what I mean? It must have been heartbreaking, man. I mean, I didn't do anything to help. It's nothing I could do, really. But, um, yeah, it's just dreadful. That's it, dreadful, man. And the second homeless story. Pret, I used to have a Pret subscription. And occasionally they let you get, uh, get <laughs> a drink for a friend. So there's me, cold days, that frost on the floor. It's brutal outside. Not nice. I walk up uh, to Costa. And uh, I was to see this guy and I thought, well, I need to double back. It's so brutally cold. I need to double back. And ask this guy, is he all right? And with the subscription, what you can get, right, with your Pret subscription is five uh, barista-made drinks per day, right? So that could be hot drinks, like coffees, teas, hot chocolates, smoothies, frappuccinos, all those things. Anything that's made by the baristas. So in my head, I'm like, it's a cold day. It's like two outside. You know what I mean? Sleet and snow on the floor. I'm like, mate, do you want a drink? And he's like, he's looking at me like, oh, why did I thank you? Yes. I love you. He's like, what drink do you want? I'm about to go into prep. And he's like, a can of Coke. I'm like, big man. Uh, it is nine in the morning. Don't do that. Okay, <laughs> that's wild. Nine in the morning. You don't need a can of Coke. But number two thing that took me aback was he wanted a can of Coke, which is not a part of the flipping deal. Meaning that my goodwill that I made, simply because it wouldn't cost me anything, is now costing me £2.50. Because I have to buy this can of Coke. That's not a part of the deal. It's two outside. Have a hot drink. Tea, coffee, hot chocolate chai whatever but instead instead you pick a can of coke which i now have to pay for and i wasn't doing this out of the goodness of my heart okay i wasn't i was gonna tell people i gave this man a coffee and not tell them the story that's what i wanted to do i'm gonna tell people how i got this man of coffee I just want to tell me the story yeah I did it I'm a good guy top guy <laughs> and then he exposed me stitched me up but it's fine it's fine it is fine but yeah you got to um, you, you got to treat homeless people nicely man whether they whether they choose to be homeless or not I don't care it's just like you know what I mean such an advantage to them. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, um, traffic, shall we get on to some dear, dear G? We have time to dear, dear G up. I don't know how long we've been talking for. 19 minutes. 19 minutes. What else been going on? I could talk about. I'm, I'm four minutes from pulling over. Four minutes from pulling over. What else can we talk about? Uh, before then, 
trying to think, man. Football. Tottenham. Tottenham 1-4-1. Back on track. Richarlison is, is back. Son. We need all the sons. Son. Richarlison. Madison. I think Madison's out of February. Which is not good. But that front four that played against Newcastle looked vibrant. Sorry about the coffee. <coughs> That's COVID. I have no idea what this is. I need another hot drink. No, definitely another hot drink. Oh, golly. I'm waffling like I'm going to get time to do Dear DJ. I realise I won't. I won't get time. I need to put the kids to bed as soon as I get in. So, um, we'll have a little pause. All right? Have a little pause. We'll come back. We'll do Dear Deirdre uh, later on today. All right? That's that's what's happening. Okay. And uh, pause. All right. Let's finish this episode, you tarts. Flipping uh, <laughs> <coughs> oh, Right, here we go. Dear Deirdre, I'm not even sure my wife knows she cheated. What? Dear Deirdre, I caught my wife in bed with our boiler engineer on the day my operation was cancelled. I'm 69 and she's 62. Don't tell me she's got dementia. She has the start of dementia and is finding things frustrating because her memory isn't good. Imagine that, you've got dementia and you're just smashing away going, I forgot I was married. <laughs> Every guy's using that. Every woman's using that. If they cheat. Just hold your side of your head and go, oh, it's with dementia. <laughs> we haven't had sex for years. Since my diabetes diagnosis, which after which I couldn't perform. My wife has found this frustrating and had to accept that our days of afternoon sex were over. I was booked for a cataract operation. This is just long, isn't it? You lot are just falling the fuck apart. Um, I was booked for a cataract operation, but it coincided with us having a boiler service. So I insisted that I go alone and book a taxi. So you came back with your cataracts off seeing clear 2020. Oi, there's two people in this bed. She can't really drive these days. Anyways, I didn't want her waiting all day for me. Frustratingly, the consultant was ill, so they cancelled the operation at the last minute and I was back home within two hours. Okay. So maybe you didn't see what you thought you were seeing because you had those cataracts there. Anyway, I saw the engineer's van outside, but he wasn't in our kitchen and neither was my wife. When I went upstairs... There were groaning sounds coming from our bedroom, and I looked through the crack of the door to see movements under the cover. Wait, 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 wait. how old's your wife? How old's your wife? Sixty-two. Now, I ain't being judgmental, but most engineers I've seen, <laughs> forty tops. <laughs> this guy was guilt hunting. Um. They didn't see me. I slipped out quietly and walked into walked into town in the days and, and only went home after another hour. Phoned my wife to tell her I was on my way. You wouldn't have known anything was out of place. He'd gone. The boiler was surfaced. So is your wife. But I can't unsee what I saw. He's in his late 50s. Now, there you go. Now, that, that makes it. I mean, well, not what it makes it, but. I can understand it more. And he worked for us for years. Oh, he's been eyeing up your missus for ages. Or he's been banging your missus for ages. Immediate flashback to all the time she's insisted. No, you go out. I'll stay in for the boiler. No, you go out. Come on, go out. <laughs> um, I love my wife so much. I wonder whether she really knew what she was doing. Yes, bro. She knew what she was doing. You're in denial. She's been smashing this guy for years and the kids aren't yours. All right.
sorry to break it to you. <laughs> sorry to break it to you. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Wait, was it? I can't give him what she wants. Should I let him? Jesus, man. Pick your self-esteem out of the toilet. My God. You know what I mean? Get the mouth working, son. I don't know, but does this can't be the way forward. Alright? This cannot be the way forward for you. I want more for you, man. I want more for you. Um, God, look at this. Let's see. It takes two. How do I persuade my son's dad to see his child? You, you don't. If he does want to see his child, you can't make him. And all you do is you raise your kid the best you can with the support system you have and you never badmouth him to the kid. I'm telling you, you never badmouth him to the kid. And here's why. Because children become adults and most adults have sense. And when they look back and they realise you never badmouthed their dad and their dad was just didn't bother turning up. And when he, when he tries to reconnect when they're 30 odd and they're making money or something, and he's just like, you know, you know it's difficult with your mum. Your mum made it hard to me. It's not going to make any sense. If they've got a memory of you being angry, in quotes, bitter mum, yeah, then they're like, mm, yeah, maybe she was difficult to deal with. You know, there's an adult, I can see that. But if mum was just like, you ask questions about your dad, and she's like, yeah, I mean, he's always invited to come. Here's his number. Give him a call if you want. You know what I mean? If mum's just like that, that child will grow up and they'll see sense and be like, you, sir, are a prick. So that's what I'm going to say on that. Let's read the rest of the dilemma. Dear dude, my son's father does not want to be involved with him at all. And I'm so sad for my little boy. I'm a single mum of a two-year-old and my ex has gone back to his wife. Okay. So <laughs> there I'm judgment from you, darling. Yeah, you probably should have kids with married men. Uh, I'm 27, he's 33, his wife's 35, and they have a daughter together. Um, he's met my son's dad. I Sorry, I met my son's dad in my local when they, when they had an open mic night. He's a singer and he busks in town. They started chatting over a drink and really hit it off. He came back to my flat and we had sex and saw each other a few times after that. So I've got to cut this. So it's an open mic busker in town. Uh, racist, racially, I've assumed that's a white couple, but the image they've used is a black woman holding a black baby. I just, I just, I'm sorry. Hella racist. <laughs> this is not a black woman. Why is she in a local on an open mic night? Stereotypically, that is not how black women roll okay they're not going to some grungy open mic night no they're not anyway uh made sex and saw each other a few times after that but once he knew i was pregnant he didn't want to know me he said he would pay for the termination but i couldn't go through with it and now my little boy is the light of my life good on you i didn't know that the guy was married when i slept with him golly of course he was like i'll pay anything to don't have this kid he has admitted since that they have a difficult relationship were separated at the time no they weren't uh, but he is now back with her i called him last week to see whether he would see him over christmas our son keeps asking for his daddy my ex said no i'm spending it with my family golly that's a knife in the heart how can i make him see that his son needs him also you can't he's a selfish guy He's selfish enough to cheat on his wife and his family. He's selfish enough to try and make you have an abortion. 
and he's selfish enough to be like, I ain't checking for this kid because it inconveniences my life. So as I said, the tough of the dilemma, you just, you don't badmouth him, you just let your son grow up and your son be like, this guy's a dickhead. That's all that happened. You don't need to badmouth him, trust me. Right, um, let's see, let's see, uh, uh, what What do I think which one of you goes? Last one. Uh, <laughs> Might as well this one. Roving eye. My husband can't stop eyeing up other women right in front of me. Dear Deirdre, my husband blatantly eyes up other women right in front of me. We recently went to a nice restaurant on a holiday and he had his eye on a woman in a low-cut top all evening. Even repositioned <laughs> Even, even revisited his chair so he could ogle her. You're there, you're just there wrapping up your spaghetti, eating your carbonara, eating a lovely carbonara, yeah, with your cheese sauce, and he has just pushed your head to one side and been like, days. <laughs> I'm 43, he's 45. The same thing happened the next night when we went to get fish and chips, and the night after that. In fact, it happened every single day. He makes me feel so insecure. That whenever he goes away for work, which is fairly regularly, I spend all, t- all the time worrying whether he's with another woman. Okay. I get exhausted with the paranoia. What can I do? But here's one thing you got to understand. Um, assuming that your husband is a cheat, then there's nothing you can do about that. Um, you've got no evidence of it, so you're just going to have to leave him based on suspicion. Um, but let's say he isn't, and he does have this roving eye. Here's the thing. You, you don't tend to stare at the thing you have with lust like that, if you know what I mean. So you might just so you rather feel insecure, you should feel taken for granted rather than insecure, because there's nothing he's doing to say that you're not attractive, but he is behaving in a way that says yeah you don't really matter. You know, I've got a few mates who are absolute perverts with the eyes, uh, but they're also perverts for their wives, so. Their wife just has to accept that's just them. <laughs> you know, so... I mean, look, so sometimes you see things and you can't just help but look, right? And there's other times where you, you do need to just, you know, dial it in. Dial it in, but it seems like it's too far of this guy. That's a part of him. And you have to accept that and believe that he has actually cheated on you. That's what you have to do. You have to believe he hasn't actually cheated on you. Uh, right. That's the end of the pod. I'm done. Uh, like I said, go get tickets for my show. 29th February at the Pleasance at 7.30. Use the promo code CheapSeed. Click on the links in my bio to find it. And that's it, guys. That's it. That's the end of the pod. Peace.